Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Ballas and Skeen Show, the Wolverine.com podcast here at the Wolverine.com. I'm Chris Ballas with me, Michigan five-time Big Ten champion, Doug Skeen. And uh, Skeen, what a uh, what a couple of weeks here. We're going to talk some football here. Uh, first things first, though, on a Sunday night, it sounds uh, from our sources that the Big Ten and Michigan are in negotiations right now about a potential Jim Harbaugh contract or suspension, rather. And um, the Big Ten wants it. Michigan does not. They say they want due process. I don't know if you read Santa Ono's letter that he gave that we not they get that he gave us that we were able to obtain um, the other day. And I read uh, it. Yep. And he said due process is where it's at. And this is. Uh, what the this is the direction they want to go. Your thoughts on first on President Santa Ono's letter and what you thought of his response? It's the right thing to do. 
uh, short of any overbearing, incredible evidence that that is a, a red hot fire and 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 a smoking gun, every every cliche you can think of. Short of that, due process is the right thing to do. So I thought the letter was absolutely appropriate, and it's what should happen. So if the Big Ten wants to make up the rules before the evidence is is presented and they want to do it just because there's a bunch of other people with hurt feelings. And this is going to set a really, really bad precedent. And this could go sideways for the big 10. Yeah, it really could. And uh, I, I can't even tell you how sideways because Michigan is prepared to fight this thing. And if they don't get the backing of the big 10 here, Skeen, um, I'm telling you, this is not your father's Michigan. And I wrote a column today and I said, I Look, yeah, most of the time. Oh, you did read it. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I do wow. read your stuff, Mouse. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> so, You're a really good writer. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Now, here's the thing, though. Um, if this is not like I was just saying, this is not your father's Michigan. This is not okay. Gosh, we are so ashamed, you know, that this maybe could have happened. That we are going to go ahead and assume the position right here and uh, get the smack on the ass and thank you, sir. May I have another type of thing? Uh, and as a matter of fact, they were like, you know, you aren't, you aren't going to do this. Uh, you look at cases like Kansas, for example, and in basketball and others that were caught on, you know, guys that were caught on federal wiretap here and there was a mountain of evidence. So, okay. And then nothing comes of it. Right. But you want to suspend Jim Harbaugh now without having gone through the entire investigation, without knowing where the evidence is coming from and, and you know, who, uh, what may or may not be true. Did Connor Stallions, the analyst, act alone in this illegal on-site scouting operation? How big an advantage is it? Uh, I am not one of those who's going to say, okay, this is no big deal. And you know what? They were just, oh, well, you know, they were in the gray areas and things like that. There's enough evidence out there right now to understand that this is something they should not have been doing, whether Connor Stallions did it alone or everybody else was involved. At the same time, you don't speed up an investigation because you have a bunch of butthurt schools here that are saying, hey, this is just egregious and the worst scandal that I've ever heard of. A, it's not that. And B, uh, there is a thing called due process. And I think that's what Santa Ono understands. Well, I, clearly he understands it. I think the Michigan le the legal team supporting President Ono and, and everybody else, the athletic department, understands it as well. Again, it, it, it feels like and, and looks like now the Big Ten is rushing to get some sort of some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, severe punishment drawn here. There's three weeks left in this regular season. There's three games to go. And so and, and it looks like Michigan's got a real good chance to run this table here and, and represent uh, half of this conference in the Big Ten title and go on to do what they want to do. But clearly there's some people that want to throw a fork in that or throw a monkey wrench in that and stop it from happening. Uh, we could probably guess who. Uh, who that might be, and uh, we might, we may or may not be playing them here in the next few weeks, right, Ballas? So, so yep. this is again, we're not talking criminal law here. This is not in the criminal courts system, and and if it just, it just be all right if it just let it play out. Right. Just like we've said all along, let it play out. Let the evidence be presented as is. Michigan has said, Coach Harbaugh and President Onoho has said, we'll absolutely cooperate with the process here, and then we'll let it be whatever it is. Right, but uh, and I'm totally with it. It, it just to to jump forward here is going to set a new standard that the Big Ten, I think, is should should all absolutely be careful about because in the future, well, here we go again. I well, I think this and I think that, and I'm going to demand otherwise. So I think the Big Ten and its presidents ought to think long and hard about this before they before they take action. And I don't think they understand what a can of worms they have opened here in terms of a the private investigation firm that was investigating Michigan. Uh, again, and we will we'll say this, Michigan strongly believes that it was linked to Ohio State and Ryan Day's family. 
Uh, this is they have documentation, as a matter of fact, that they say they believe proves it. Now, there are still people trying to connect the dots. And this is alleged. OK, I'm not saying this absolutely happened, but I'm telling you what those people believe and what people are investigating themselves. What Michigan is investigating themselves. We have talked to high powered people, uh, so not associated directly with Michigan, but are ready to and in the process of hiring their own private investigators. And this is not some kind of a made up story here. This is real crap that is probably going into Chris Stapleton's screenplay, looking for dirt uh, and, you know, saying, OK, we know of these. We all know of this, this, this and this that are 10 times worse than maybe going here in, in some sign stealing operation, including blackmail uh, of recruits and things like this. We're talking absolutely batshit crazy stuff here. So you're opening a can of worms here that, okay. Uh, and, and speaking to some of my friends down South, and I put this in the column as well, they said, you know what, this happened years ago in the SEC. They had a bunch of guys, a bunch of private investigators investigating one another. They all ended up on probation and uh, all frankly, because, uh, it sounds to me like uh, somebody couldn't stand the fact that they got beat at their own game, uh, it, which is absolutely mind boggling to me. So um, no. it's uh, we're going to see how this plays out. But to me, this, uh, as my father said, you know, when I told him this morning, I, he said, it's not a can of worms. It's a basket of snakes, man. That's pretty crazy stuff. Well, it is absolutely crazy. And hopefully the allegations that are out there don't become true, whether it's the ones against us or the ones at Ohio State or anything. I mean, again, because I. I come from a, from a player's point of view and it's a shame and it's a distraction for all the guys. And it's going to be a topic that every guy from Penn state at Ohio state is going to be asked about. They have thoughts about it. And, and I just had a thought as you were explaining this, you know, if, if you, someone would have told, you know, you and I at the beginning of the season that at this point in the year, we'd be talking about this as opposed to the football, as opposed to how our offensive tackles are doing and our, and our offensive line is doing and all these things. And yet, this is what we spend our time talking about. And it's not what we, none of us want to talk about this. I know you're tired of writing about it, but it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I keep having the same feeling over and over and over. Can we just talk about football? Can we just focus on what's going on in the field? But you watch the television production, right? The NBC production was, was all about what's going on off the field. And oh, by the way, there's a game tonight. Yeah. And then it was halftime, more of the same. And then every sideline reporter, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And it's like, man, let's, Let's talk about these great players that are out there doing what they're doing, which is exactly what they've been asked to do. And the same thing's going to be said for the guys at Penn State and Ohio State. It should be about the game, but here we are. It's not, and it feels like it's spinning out of control. Yeah, and let's talk about the bullshit narrative that, you know, having access or knowing the signs is worth 20 points. Okay, I talked to somebody who was actually – I talked to somebody, a coach tonight, who was on the sidelines of a Big Ten game last year against Michigan. And they were well aware of Michigan signs. Okay, this is this is a true story here. They were well aware early on. Guess what happened? Michigan went to wristbands when they figured it out. Probably yeah. like a quarter and a half of the way through. This yeah. is from a coach who coached against Michigan last year, and he said we knew their signs. He didn't tell me how, um, but okay, you know what? That's the kind of stuff that goes on. And yep. he said Michigan was prepared for it because they've been, you know what? They've been people stealing signs forever. So and three things. Three games, Ohio State last year, in which the coaches at Ohio State said, yes, we knew that they might have our signals, so we changed them. Michigan State this year, Purdue this year, the combined scores in those games, okay, 45-23 Ohio State at Ohio State, um, 49 to nothing against Michigan State, 41-13 to against Purdue. So don't give me this bullshit that, you know what, you can't win unless you have the signs, right? That's just not fair to this team. 
Well, Bowser, it, it reminds me of the story I've told you many, many times. It was our senior year, junior, senior year. We went down to play at Illinois and, and Illinois had scouted us pretty well. They were calling out our plays as we came to the line of scrimmage. They knew exactly what we were going to do. And we looked at him. I remember I told you this story. I looked at the linebacker and I was like, you're right. It's coming right here. And we ran the play anyway and got like four yards. And then I was getting up off the ground and I told that linebacker, we're going to do it again too. And we just <laughs> went right down the field and we scored and we beat the, we beat them easily. Yeah. And so <laughs> this is, this is not new, right? This is no. nothing new in the world of college football. The only thing that's different is how Michigan allegedly went and got this information. Right. But the, the, the fact that the, that the scouting and the film breakdown and the technology they do now with their cut-ups when they're watching film and preparing, they know by formation and by motion and by one slight alignment, these coaching staffs and all these analysts are so good. They know what play you're running before you run it. And if it's not the exact play, it's within two or three variations. So let's not be all shock and awed that, oh, my gosh, somebody might know what's about to come because, you know, newsflash, that's been going on for 40 years. It sure does. What, what's, does it surprise you that Michigan's pushing back this hard in terms of, okay, uh, all options being on the table is what we were told in terms of the Big Ten. Look, Big Ten, um, for years, you know what? Uh, people have skated and you've been like, okay, um, you know, let's be a um, you know, little voice, but a little bit of a voice of reason here, though. So uh, I think Michigan's tired of it. I think they're they're saying, okay, look, uh, enough is enough. I'm not saying Michigan's gonna you know gonna go out and leave the Big Ten, right? Uh, I'm not saying that Michigan is going to say, okay, uh, we want a bigger share of the revenue, and you know what, we carry more of the weight for this conference than anybody. And if this is the way we're going to be treated, then uh, give us more money. But I'm not saying it's not going to happen either, Skeen. And if it gets ugly, uh, Michigan's going to have some options. Well, the fact that that President Ono sent what he sent and what's coming out in the in the language and the actions of Michigan is different, right? It feels mm -hmm. like Michigan did everything they were supposed to do. Again, Coach Harbaugh's statement, uh, Ward, Ward's statement, the president's statement is all what you would expect. Hey, we're going to look into this. We don't condone this. We don't we don't cheat. We don't want to cheat. We don't want to play against people that cheat. We're not about this. We got a guy that did it. We've thrown him out of the building immediately. And so let's get to the bottom of this. And that was where Michigan drew its line. Yep. And now people are pushing and pushing and pushing, and they have no choice. The good news is, is that the president of the University of Michigan right now is a guy who gets it when it comes to the value of an athletic department and a football program. And he's fighting for what's right in spite of the fact that down the line, it may turn out that it's this is a legitimately bad thing that Michigan did. We don't know. Right. So it's a good thing that, they, that they've done this. But if the Big Ten wants to get ahead of itself because some other people are angry at Michigan and they got a really good football team this year and they don't like it, then that's going to be bad. And then the president of Michigan and the regents are going to have to consider what their options are. And you know what? It'd be great. Yeah. Don't, you should, don't Just treat us fairly. Right. Because as, as President Ono said, if the shoe were on the other foot, those same schools from Ohio State, Purdue, and all the way to Wisconsin, doesn't matter who it is, they would be expecting the same thing. Yep, without a doubt. This is a stressful scheme. It wouldn't, should not be stressful is buying tickets at games. And uh, thanks to game time, it has not been stressful for me. I was in Texas, as you know, last weekend for a wedding. Uh, I was in Austin, and I needed tickets to the Texas football game to record their sidelines. 
Um, oh, wait a minute. Did I say that out loud? No. We don't play them until next year. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Some teams don't change their signals. Anyway, no, I was there because I just wanted to see the stadium and, and enjoy the experience. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go on game time here. And sure enough, I got great seats at an unbelievable price. And it was fantastic. Thanks to game time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. This is the second time I used them. The first time I used the code Wolverine on the game time app. That's code Wolverine to get $20 off my first purchase for a Lions game. And I was like, man, uh, it's the day before I need tickets. And uh, boy, they tell you when they're dropping. Um, they tell you if they have a flash sale going on. Hey, look, you can get two tickets uh, at a great price. Uh, killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Um, flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, not just football, sports, whatever, concerts. Uh, they give you images of the seat views, which were dead on when uh, when I used them. And the lowest price guarantee in event cancellation protection and job loss protection, stuff like that. So it is the last place, the place for last minute ticket deals. Uh, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. That's the Game Time app, the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Wolverine. That's W O L V E R I N E for Ohio State fans for $20 off your first purchase. And we thank you very much. All right, let's talk some football here and uh, this game. I'm worried about the offensive line scheme. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm, I think it is what it is at this point. And I remember talking to John Jansen after game three or four, and he said, this is the last thing I'm worried about is the run offense on, the, on this team, but it is just not clicking. Now, somebody did report and somebody did say, okay, they're second or in, or in the Big Ten at 4.6 yards per carry or whatever. I think those numbers were inflated by a couple of games early in the year. Uh, they just are not getting to the linebackers from what I've seen. I want your opinion on why they aren't able to run the ball. Well, it's not that they can't run the ball. And I think worried yes, is, is. is a strong word, right? Okay. I mean, in comparison to what? I mean, how many, how many yards did we rush for last night? Uh, not enough. Okay. Well, yeah. we took an enormous <laughs> sack, right? We, we gave up three sacks. That, t that counts against your rushing total. So wherever the breakdown is, of of actual rushing yards take away the sacks against jj there which are on the offensive line but that's a pass protection issue it's not that we can't run the ball but our standards are so high now the question is is are we running to our expectations and i think the answer is no because our expectations are awfully high and i would guess that coach moore and the guys playing up there probably have expectations that they may not be meeting right now the question is why what's going on and so last night we go up against a, a Purdue defensive front, which ran a lot of five-man front ballast, right? Three guys in the middle, two stand up or down, hand in the ground guys on the end, and a linebacker standing in there or a combination of whatever, some four-man front obviously as well. And so Michigan's running its base offense, which you see a lot of guard, tackle, pull, block down the front side, pull the backside around. First guy kicks the defensive end. Second guy's supposed to scrape around and get that front side linebacker. Combinations of that, whether it's a pulling guard in the tackle or a pulling guard in a crossing tight end, some variation of the old 46-47G. Well, how do you defend that? The first thing they teach is that defensive end, as soon as he feels and sees the guys in front of him blocked down, that defensive end starts to crash the edge and shorten the distance so you can't get that clean kick block. That bounces the ball the ball carrier to the outside. When that defensive end does that and he crashes down inside and disrupts the initial kick block, the first guy, now your guard 
or your pulling tackle or your second pulling guy, whoever that happens to be, now he has to adjust his course. That's a tough block in the first place to make to make your way across the line of scrimmage and turn your hips and get up the field to try to get that front side linebacker is a difficult block on its own. But when that defensive end crashes, now you got to adjust your route. And what they were doing last night was crashing defensive ends as soon as they saw it. And the linebacker was scraping over the top immediately. It's a really difficult difficult uh, thing to try to execute there when you see that when you're a pulling guard or a pulling tackle over there on that front side. The result is the back has to bounce it outside or he's got to try to bounce it backside. Well, guess what? Backside is being designed to be washed down over there, so there's no room over there. That play is designed to go off that tight end or tackle's butt. And when it can't and it has to bounce outside, there's support up there. You got that safety flying up. So Purdue had a good game plan against our core base stuff. And I also think last night that 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 our playbook was probably limited to a degree because it's Purdue. And the way that offense ran the first quarter and a half, it looked like Michigan versus Purdue. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing whatever we wanted, and it very well could have been 35 nothing. but we ran into a few problems. They made a couple adjustments. Now let's give some credit to Purdue. Their two defensive ends are pretty good. Pretty doggone good football players, and I that's credit to them. They're 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 pretty doggone good good guys. But at the same time, so th- there's the mechanical breakdown. I, I think the criticism is when we knew what the problem was and we still weren't getting the push. I think some of those combination blocks, when we had one-on-ones and they ran the five-man front, we just weren't getting the push we needed to at the interior you know, point of attack at times. And so it's it's a fundamental thing, Ballas. My eyes have to be below yours. My feet and hips have to be where they belong. It's a one-on-one thing, and we weren't winning those. Now, right. was it because it was just Purdue and we ran out to an early lead and maybe the guys took a little relax? I don't know. The bottom line is that last night's performance didn't meet the expectations that we have, probably they have for themselves, certainly in the running game, but also in the pass blocking game. J.J. got hit way too many times. We're giving up the sacks. It was kind of a clunky night for an offensive line that does need to play better. Yep, and two things. They're coming off a of bye week. Now, they came out pretty sharp, and they, as Ryan Walters said, they ran a lot of misdirection early and did some things outside of their base stuff that caught them off guard. So you get out to a 17 nothing lead, and the way the defense is playing – that would have been enough to win, as we know, and it was enough to win. Uh, they could have, you know, said, "Okay, we'll take our 17, give you, you know, six, 13 points, and, and that's it." So that's number one. Number two uh, is a point that um, I got to remember. I was going to make is that, um, boy, uh, I can't remember off the top. Well, let's of talk head. about the pass protection. Yeah, it, flat yeah. out at, at times, our tackles not good enough. We had no, Barnhart, no, there, there it is. It's, 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 Bar- uh, Barnhart right. gave up one off the edge and got our quarterback drilled. Ladarius gave up one and got our quarterback drilled. And so again, one on ones, our tackles versus their two quality defensive yes. ends. It didn't go all that great for us last night. So does that mean? against Penn State because they got a really good defensive end balance. We're going to have right. to slide his way. We're going to have to give somebody right. help over there. We're going to have to max protect. That may be an option. It makes me nervous when I see J.J. getting hit the way he gets hit out there. And he's yeah. a, he's kind of a wild guy anyway, and he's not afraid right. to take a hit. But the amount of hits going into November, this is when it starts to pile up and, you know, the fatigue, et cetera, the, the – it just can't happen. So that has to be cleaned up. And it looks like they're going to have to change the way they protect yeah. if, in fact, we see the same kind of pass rushes. 
Yeah, and it is interesting how important he is to this office. There's no question that J.J. McCarthy is the MVP of this team, and without him, they'd probably be screwed. You remember when they took Blake Corum off the team last year against Illinois, and they struggled to move the ball uh, without Donovan Edwards as well, who, by the way, needs to pick it up. But there are things about Donovan Edwards. You know what? Yeah, he's not getting a whole lot of room to run, but, man, he's going down way too easily. And there are a couple times where he busted through the line. The last guy gets him by the foot. Pick up your feet, finish your run. Uh, so it's not just on the offensive line. But in terms of McCarthy here, if you take him off this team, man, you want to talk about making a 20 point difference or something. And I'm not, this is no disrespect to Jack Tuttle or any yeah. of the backup quarterbacks, but JJ yeah. McCarthy is the guy. He's the offense. He's the one making it go. He had what might be considered a, an off game for him. And he threw for 335 yards and completed 65% of his passes. And at the end of the game, everybody's like, well, what's wrong with JJ? And yeah. as, Jim, as Jim Harbaugh said in the in the postgame press conference, he said that would have been a career night for me. And he's yeah. like, hey, if this is what's yeah. wrong, you said this is what's wrong with our quarterback. But And that's not going to – you know, everybody says, boy, if we play like this next week, guess what? The odds are they're not going to play like this. They're gonna no, they're not, they're not going to play yeah. like this. I mean, the question is what's wrong with J.J. last night with a couple of the passes that yeah. weren't exactly spot on? He was getting hit too much. Right. And I've yep. said this a thousand times on yep. our podcast. If you hit the quarterback early or allow your guy to get hit early, they get jumpy. Even a guy like JJ, who does an outstanding job of keeping his eyeballs downfield when the pressure's coming, even he's like, hey, I don't like this getting drilled stuff. So I want to get rid of it a little bit faster. Maybe my feet don't aren't set the way I need them to be. And this is what happens when you allow your quarterback to take shots. So it's got to stop. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Uh, now, Penn State goes in and they blast Maryland. I think they put 51 points on them and they, they didn't let up. Uh, and everybody's looking at, boy, Penn State's peaking at the right time. It is, it, it is interesting how the narrative changes from week to week, right? Oh, Michigan yeah, no. was like, okay, Maryland flat out in November and at the end of seasons has sucked recently. Everybody says, okay, we, we, we have the talent to be a championship program. They don't have the mentality. They don't know what it means and what it takes to win games like that. They went down to Ohio State and played very tough. Uh, for a while, but each time they get beat, they seem to get a little bit worse. So um, to me, yeah, Penn State played a good football game. I don't think one game indicates either way who has an advantage in next week's football game. Well, Penn State, if you go back to the Ohio State game, which is the measuring stick for me, I watched a lot of that football game. Penn State's defense hung in there and gave the mm -hmm. Ohio State offense fits. And that was a tight, tight game. And the, uh, and, the, and the Penn State offense just left that defense hanging in the wind and hanging in the wind and hanging in the wind. So it could it could be down it could come down to the same way right so if the Penn State offense uh, it has found some new life and I again I don't measure against uh, uh, Maryland I measure what they did against a pretty good front I don't think they're a great front at Ohio State I don't know how they're going to magically move the ball with ease against us I think our defense is pretty doggone good and I think we're going to show that but the Penn State front will be the best one we've played all year long. You got a you got a first round defensive end. You got some quality linebackers and some pretty dog doggone good back end. And so Michigan's going to have to play tight and clean football to go out there and have success. But I think they can, Ballas. And I do yeah. also think strategically, this coaching staff will have some things that they didn't show against Purdue, and they've kind of been holding back and keeping in the bag. You kind of do this. This has been going on forever as well. There'll be some variations, but the core basics which is offensive linemen putting your right foot and your left foot where they need to go out of your stance, getting your eyeballs where they need to go. That's the part that has to be clean and you can't give up soft edges on third and long or second and long in passing situations. You can't bend at the waist and give a pressure and you can't get your quarterback drilled. Right. That stuff's got to go. So you look for the first quarter of the football game as I always do to see how things start the first few possessions. 
we get going there, I think we'll be just fine. At what point do you turn to J.J. McCarthy and say, okay, we need you to be a running back for us as well and use him more in the run game? And we've seen that against Penn State, against Ohio State. I think this is going to be a guy where, okay, uh, if you want to overcommit to stopping our running backs, then we're going to have to use J.J. McCarthy a little bit more in the run game. Yeah, and and I think – there's just, there's two ways to do that, right? You run the you run the read zone with JJ, and he's proven to be pretty effective at that. And you run a straight up quarterback draw, and yeah. but play this is where play action is so beautiful, right? So if you want to you want to crash your defensive ends and you want to scrape your linebackers front side like Purdue did uh, to give us problems in our core running game, okay, then we're going to run play action off of that and throw it over your head. And JJ is more than capable of doing that. So I think by design, regardless of what we saw against Purdue. By design, we're going to see more foot action out of J.J. here in this last few weeks of this season going into the playoff. We hope the playoff. I think that's okay, which is why I I get nervous when I see against Purdue and these other teams that we played, not all of them, but some of these matchups, we're getting hit too much back in there because we're going to need him here in the next few games. Yeah, they certainly are. Um, Talking a little bit more tonight with some people and reading some texts, and I apologize. It's not like I'm not listening to you and that I'm bored by you, but the news (laughs) is coming in real time, buddy. So, um, you know, more and more it looks like there's a chance that Michigan would have to file an injunction uh, that the Big Ten would come back and say, hey, maybe here's a two-game suspension or something like that for Jim Harbaugh uh, at this point in the season, and Michigan would say uh, no. You know what? Uh, file no. an injunction with who? Is this the court of the NCAA? Yes. Or no, no. Are we file, in, file a real injunction. We're talking a about real injunction, a illegal. Lawsuit. Now, now exactly. we're bringing in the law, right? Yes, we are. So yeah. now you're setting even another precedent here mm-hmm. where, okay, uh, this is just getting crazier and crazier. So going to a judge and telling the Big Ten, you don't have the authority to do this mm-hmm. by your own bylaws, and then we will take care of this at the end of the year. I know it's just a mess, man. And uh, we're going to bring in the legal system now, right? Into, into this college, but this, this is, is this that's, is a that's very, not a good thing. That is no, not a good a thing. Very real possibility at this point, based on where negotiations were at the time that we are recording this show. So, uh, and anybody who questions our sources, that's fine. Uh, everything that we've said has been spot on so far, and I think it's played out that way. Uh, the interesting part is, um, you know, uh, first of all, it's the president. It's the the administration, it's the athletic director, everybody involved in this. And uh, are they all in lockstep? It certainly appears that way, but I think it's the president's call. And he made it very clear in that strongly worded letter that, hey, uh, this is where I am. Now, I want to say one other thing, Skeen. If there were a mountain of evidence, for example, to come out that had Jim Harbaugh's fingerprints on this or that he was lying about knowing about what Connor Stallions did, I would be the first one. And I've been saying this all along. But I would be the first one to say, okay, he should be suspended. And yeah. if he was lying, then absolutely. If yeah. not, then the guy gets to coach football. That's where yeah. I am right now. And I am, and I've said all along, I want to wait and see how this plays out. And that's basically what Michigan is asking them to do. Uh, let's see how it plays out. And if there is a mountain of evidence, even before the NCAA completes its investigation, for example, if you have it on film of eight guys beating up a kid in a tunnel with a helmet, uh, that's all I need. If it were Michigan, that would be all I would need to say, okay, this is a completely different situation. You know, evidence can be manipulated. We don't know who has what. We don't know what's real. Let's find out what's real, and then you deal with it right then, period. Agreed. Agreed, yeah. Ballot. Ballast, preach. Preach, yeah. man. It's true. It's just yeah. – it's it's. but again, if in fact the Big Ten or somebody's got evidence of Coach Harbaugh sitting down with this film from Ohio Stadium breaking this down with scallions and it's a smoking gun and it's terrible and he was lying and all this is that bad – Okay, that's different. Yes. But we don't know any of this. No. 
We don't. So show us. Uh, and absolutely. Uh, immediately. I will be the first one in line. Uh, and if, as, they, if, they, if they had that balance, wouldn't the Big Ten have said, hey, we got the smoking gun. Right. We get, wouldn't we you think talk so? About this? The, I think the concern that some have is that this private investigator, and this is a coordinated attack. Let's be very clear here. This is, okay, the, they're controlling the media, the narrative, right? They're using their sources in the media. We know who some of the sources are. They are directly from Ohio State and some of these networks. Uh Flat out. We know we know who they're talking to. So it's this drip, drip, drip. So maybe, okay, Michigan states its case, and then all of a sudden the private investigator comes out. Oh, by the way, here's this bomb. You're lying about everything. You're done. So I think that is the fear among some people. It wouldn't stun me in the least. Uh, and the NCAA has just begun its investigation. They're going to be talking to a lot more people. They're going to try to be trying to unearth more. So there is absolutely a real possibility that they unearth more evidence, right? So we have to wait. Of course there is. Yes. And, and so, if, there, if there is, then we would want to see it. 100%. 100%. So it, it's, it, I think we've been consistent all along. And Michigan's family has been consistent all along. Shed the truth on this situation and we'll deal with it. Yep. And uh, if that's if it if it turns out that there was some low character cheating going on, then I'll sit right here with you, Ballas, and tell you that that is BS and it's not Michigan and these people should go. I agree 100 percent. And uh, I will not change on that. I don't care if it's Jim Harbaugh. I don't care if it's whoever it is. Uh, they need to be dealt with. So, all right, real quick, we're going to finish up here. The rest of the Big Ten absolutely sucks. Have you seen it this bad? And uh, who's the fourth? Best, who's the fourth best team in the Big Ten? Best fourth best team in the Big Ten. Oh God! Uh, Iowa, I think is seven and two, and they are absolute dog crap. Uh, yeah, I think I think you have to say Iowa. I want to say Wisconsin, but their offense is lost again. They just lost to Wisconsin. I know they're, they're, well, Wisconsin, they're not to Wisconsin. They just lost to Illinois at home. Uh, I think no, they beat Illinois. No, because, they lost. No, they beat Illinois because Rucci's kid caught the winning touchdown. Are you serious? I'm positive that was two weeks ago. No, it was just this week. They they just who did they just lose to? I don't know Minnesota. Uh, no, I think they just no. played. No, Wisconsin no. played Indiana. No, no, no. Yeah, Wisconsin they lost. Indiana. Yeah, they lost Indiana. No, they no, beat they Illinois. beat Indiana. They beat Indiana and <laughs> just lost to Illinois. I'm looking. At no, it they right. didn't, Ballas. You got it backwards. I got five bucks. How about five, five bucks? bucks? Five bucks. Right. Bring it because Rucci's kid, Nolan Rucci, caught the winning touchdown at Illinois. I watched oh. the highlight. Okay, you're right. Illinois, you're right. <laughs> five okay. bucks. You're right. You win five bucks. All right, I'm an idiot. So, uh, so maybe it is Wisconsin. So, yeah, it was Minnesota Anyway, who's, who's the fourth best team in the Big Ten? Yeah. Oh, God. Fourth best. Whoever it is, whoever it is, Ballas, it's a long ride. Yes. From third place to fourth place in the Big Ten. It's a yeah. big gap. And, yes, this year the Big Ten stinks. You got teams that are normally your strong contenders for big picture stuff division championship and and you know new year six bowl games spartans are usually there they stink this year nebraska is worse than normal this year wisconsin is trying to figure things out iowa has got no offense it's just it's yeah it stinks it yeah. sucks yeah, so it was indiana that beat wisconsin yesterday 20 to 14 yeah so okay, so they're out of the equation. So they're out. I can't believe I owe you five bucks. I lose every time on the golf course to you, and I lose a damn bet. Now you have five freaking dollars. So hey, if if Rucci had not caught that touchdown, paying, then I wouldn't I'm have been so you, confident. But I'm I saw the play myself. I'm paying you in a, in a wheelbarrow full of pennies. So five bucks, five freaking dollars. All right, um, all right. He's Doug Skeen, Michigan's former All Big Ten offensive lineman. Skeen, I appreciate you being here. Wish it were under better circumstances. Uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. We will be back next week to break down Michigan-Penn State. Your early thoughts on that one? You like Michigan's chances? I like Michigan's chances. 
Uh, we're, I, I, I'm concerned about their defensive line versus our O line, but I have confidence that this staff is going to be able to mix some things up and do some different things, and I have confidence in our quarterback. Michigan's going to win this game, but it's going to look totally different. The reality is, Ballas, we haven't played anybody no, of no. any circumstance here no. in the first team that we've played. So Penn State has. They've went, they've gone and played in a tough environment. They came up short. We haven't had that experience no. yet. So I'm <laughs> curious to see how they handle it. We should win. I hope you get some rest this oh, week. God, I hope you get some help sleep. Me. God help <laughs> me. Yeah. You guys that are covering this story, it never ends. It never I feel does. bad for you. Yeah. But I like reading your stuff. I don't, I just got to check in on your like, check in on your column to find out what's going on, Bounce. Yeah, well, we'll I'll keep you posted. And we've got a text chain going on with uh, Chris. Tell me now, Stapleton, uh, who the hell is this punter to sit there and think that he gets – you know what? You pay your $100 like everybody else, Stapleton. Stop blowing up my damn phone. So you were just a damn punter. So anyway, I always got to get a shot in on that guy. I do love that always. guy. Yeah, and uh, – and, all right, you probably could have been a Mac linebacker too, Stapleton. I'll give you that. So he was an athlete. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, appreciate it. Uh, and to our producer, Nick, thank you. Uh, Skeen, we'll talk to you next week. All right, go blue. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.